another edition of the Lockdown Corner. I am one of your hosts, Alex Brault. Along with me, as always, we have Alec and Dustin. And before we get into all the news and notes, first of all, if you want more of us, you can find us on Twitter at Corner Lockdown, and you can follow us on Facebook as well. But let's get into it because since our last episode, there's been a lot that's happened. So let's get into the news and notes. News and notes from the league. All right. Um, I don't know if y'all have heard, but um, there's a quarterback who's unhappy in Green Bay. And um, his name is Blake Bortles. And I think he's unhappy because he's probably going to get cut in August. Um, Takes on Blake Bortles. We won't spend much time on this, but uh, (laughs) what do you guys think? Well, you know, I think that it's definitely a stellar signing. Um, You know, whether or not our QB1 decides that he's going to be with us this season or not, um, I think that Blake Bortles is good to have on the squad just because, you know, he's got that veteran presence. And he does have experience in big games. He went to the playoffs, made it, I believe, to the AFC Championship. Not saying he's a great quarterback. But it's probably a, a good, worthy backup to have in the QB room. Plus, there's been photos circulating of, like, Aaron Rodgers and him hanging out on, like, Fourth of July parties and stuff. They're all dressed up. It's pretty cool. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It seems like they're good buddies. And last but not least, you know, he's a, he's a pretty funny personality. So you guys should check out uh, some of those personality videos. But I don't, I don't dislike the signing. Uh, Hopefully he's not our QB one, but um, I don't dislike the signing. Dustin, what do you think? Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think it's a pretty good signing. Good veteran quarterback, you know, for either to have in case of like emergency situation or if he's just kind of mentoring Jordan Love. You're, you know, unsure of what, why he was brought in yet. But I think our offensive coordinator has a lot to do with it, <clears throat> seeing that he worked a lot with Blake Bortles when he was in Jacksonville. And I think a lot of people forget about that that our offensive coordinator was Jacksonville's offensive coordinator when they made it to the AFC championship game, which is pretty relevant to have a guy who understands the system already and can kind of teach and mentor. I think that's what he's mainly here for, but I could be way off on that, Mark. No, I like the signing, though. Well, I was trying to be funny and avoid the big topic and just pretend that it's not happening because I'm in denial, but I guess let's just get into it. Um, Aaron Jones signed a four-year contract with Green Bay, he's back $48 million. Essentially, it's a two-year deal because, you know, some other stuff's happening we'll get to in a second. But so Aaron Jones back in Green Bay made sense about two months ago. Uh, I'm not sure how much sense it makes now, knowing what we know. But Aaron Jones, welcome back. It, what's funny is none of us on the Zoom call thought he was going to be back. Um, and for you people listening – we did do a draft episode. Let's just say there was some alcohol involved and uh, not a lot of the footage was footage and or audio was very usable, but we did talk about it there. We may release it later, but we kind of already went over the Aaron Jones stuff as the three of us uh, thoughts and feelings on the Aaron Jones signing. Now that we're about two months out from it. Um, I like the signing still. I, I think that he's a dynamic player and, it's always good to have dynamic players on the football team. Um, you know, I think that when you look at our squad, 
with him, you know, having him and AJ Dillon in the backfield, and then having Devontae and um and Funchess on the outsides, now Amari Rogers in the mix, probably going over the middle. We got Alan Lazard. Um I, I really like that offense now. And uh, yeah, hopefully, uh hopefully Bortles can, you know, put together a great winning season for us and you know, just drive us to the NFC championship. Um, now, I do just want to say that I believe that we called the Amari Rogers pick on this podcast a couple weeks ago. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying that we are the first to announce it or that, you know, we are the, the best as far as your sports news go. I'm not putting words into anybody's mouth, but it's what I've been hearing. You know, I have been hearing that we are the best as far as breaking news goes in the NFL. So um, take that as you may take it with a grain of salt. But there are whispers and chirps going on out there that are saying that lockdown corners where you need to go if you want the best news. So, um, Dustin, what are you thinking? Hold on. You know, Dustin, you know- I don't mean to cut you off, but I just want to say that I had Blake or Blake Bortles. I'm sorry. I'm really concerned about the Blake Bortles thing. I had Amari Rogers getting drafted by Green Bay in the third round two months ago. Take that. Absolutely. You know, fellas, we don't got to sugarcoat it. Or the best there is, plain and simple. You know, we wake up in the morning, we piss excellence, okay? Game first, you're last. Thank you. We're thank talking you. about the best. <laughs> talking about the best. But anyways, back on the subject here of Aaron Jones. Yes, I think he brings a total different element to our offense. It's just something that if we don't have, especially running out of the backfield, receiving, I mean, he kind of do it all. I think it really brings a new element. It sucks that he can't block as well as we wish he could, but having that diversity it's is a huge part of our game right now, and we need him back, so it's good to have him back. All right. Here we are, fellas. We're about two weeks removed. Two weeks, actually, from tonight. We are removed. I suppose it's time we talk about Mr. Aaron Rodgers. And the reason I want to talk about Aaron Jones first, other than I was just trying to be a douche for you audience listeners, uh, the Aaron Jones signing with all this Rodgers drama, if this really has been going on for months, the Aaron Jones signing doesn't make sense to me because, yes, they're close, but you're only close because you have an MVP quarterback. So if he really is this unhappy, why shell out all this money for Aaron Jones to give Jordan Love more weapons? Because if Jordan loves a quarterback and they, the reports are rolling out that he's not ready yet, which concerns me because not ready versus can't play. I don't really know where the difference is. And none of us have seen him. He's literally never played. He hasn't played a football game in two years. He has never played in green Bay at all. There was no preseason last year, which by the way, side note, this is going to be the most exciting preseason of my lifetime. I can't speak for you guys, but, and I also think that this team's going to go undefeated in the preseason because now we have maybe Rogers, but we have love and we got Blake Bortles. We are not losing a preseason game. There's no random Taysom Hills before Taysom Hill became what he is now. But circling back to what I was originally saying, if Rogers wants out, the Jones signing doesn't make sense, at least to me. But I guess the heart of it is Rodgers has been mad for a while. We've known this. I don't think this is a secret to anybody. So I guess I'll leave it. I'll 
my opinions are basically they haven't changed since the news broke. Basically, if you want out, fine. I'm on the Jordan Love train. It's kind of like when you're dating somebody and it's you kind of know they're not happy. We've kind of known for a couple of years that Rodgers hasn't been thrilled. And we all kind of assume when they drafted Love last year, okay, Rodgers is going to come out. He's going to be angry. He's going to play lights out. And he did. We've kind of known for a while that he was going to break up with us, us Packer fans. Like, we've known. So I'm kind of, at this point, if you don't want to be here, fine. Go be happy in Denver or wherever. Plus, his trade value is never going to be higher than it is right now. So if you trade him in June, okay. Obviously, it sucks for Packer fans. But I get it in the long run. So I guess, Dustin, I'll start with you. Where are you at on this whole lot, Rogers thing? Because I'm at the point of acceptance. I think it's time... If he really doesn't want to be here, then let's see what we got in love. And if he sucks, then we get a good draft pick next year. I think it's going to all blow over in about a month and a half when he signs that new extension we offered him and he's become the highest paid quarterback in the league and he's going to forget like everything ever happened. I personally think it'll just leverage play. I think he wants I, – I do think his um, disappointments in the team are valid at times where – he didn't really have a lot of decisions and letting people go and having his weapons that he wanted, which I mean, as a quarterback, you know, you want to have the guys you want to throw to. I mean, just common sense, which I know Kumaro had a big thing to do with that when we let him go, which I don't, you know, I, wh- whether he was worth to keep or not, I thought he was, I mean, you're going to get pretty, it's a pretty small deal for a pretty good package, but I think it'll all blow over. I think he's just upset right now. And in the future, he'll let it go. But my, I'm going to push back on that because now I liked Whitewater Jesus. I did. But to get upset over a fifth string receiver that barely saw the field, I don't I don't understand. Like I get it that's your guy, but like I understand more of the Jordy Nelson thing more than I understand the Kumaro thing. I saw Kumaro with the reports are that that was the death nail in this coffin, but I mean it's Jake Kumaro. It's not, you know, this all-star caliber pro bowl receiver, Jake Kumaro. Alec, am I crazy? Um, I don't think you're crazy. I mean, I feel like it was less about the player and more about the timing because that cut came a day after Rogers came out with high praises for Kumaro coming out of training camp. He came out and was talking about how much progress he was seeing in the receiver, how excited he was to be thrown to him. And then the day after that, they cut him. I mean, that kind of just makes it Rogers look, number one, like a dick because Kumaro is probably thinking, hey, he must have known he's the quarterback. Why would he go out and gaslight me like this and then have me end up getting cut? But then number two, if you look at it from the other point of view of, oh, he had no idea. Well, it makes him look like a doofus then. You know, I mean, it's a lose-lose for Rodgers in that situation. Um, I definitely understand his frustrations, but I don't think that it's uh, worthy of leaving this team for. Um, I mean, realistically, in my opinion, I'm kind of with you on this. I'm on the Jordan Love train at this point. I'm like, eh, if you want to come back, sure, come back. But I don't think it's worth extending him for the next – he wants a long-term deal, so we're talking five, six years. I don't think it's worth giving him a five, six-year extension. I mean, it father time plays its role. Sure, Tom Brady's been playing well in these early 40s years, 
but Tom Brady was also in a system where he was rarely getting hit. He was, he didn't go up. He had one major injury in his entire career and he's now in a system again where he's surrounded with talent and is rarely hit. Rogers has been battered up during his years. He's had a lot of injuries, a lot of major injuries. I could see him playing well for another two, three years, probably three years. I, I don't want to let the emotions get in the way of our future winnings. So, I mean, realistically, he wants to play one more year. Sure, let's play him. And then let's trade him and get something good for him before he starts to decline. It's a business. It sucks to say, but it's a business. Do we want to be like the New York Giants? Hold on to Eli Manning way too long and then suck for five years after he's gone? Or do we want to pick up right where we left off like we did transitioning from Favre to Rodgers? You know, that's just my take, though. So just on the Kumaro note, I just want to point out, I'm looking at his numbers right now. He joined the Packers, made the team in 2018. He was 26 years old at that point, which is older for a first-year player. That season, only 11 targets, eight catches, 103 yards, whatever. It's his rookie year. He barely played. Okay, fine. His quote-unquote breakout year in 2019, the year before they cut him, played in, in 14 games out of 16, so not bad. He was available. 21 targets in 14 games, 12 catches in 14 games. For you math wizards like myself out there, that's less than a catch a game. 219 yards. Most of that came in the one Oakland game that he went nuclear. And if you guys remember that game, it's a random Sunday afternoon. He had a long 60-yard touchdown. So there's, you know, a quarter of your yards right there and that one touchdown. It's I don't understand – I mean, I like the hometown story. The story's great. As a player, he's maybe, at his peak, very average. And then with Buffalo this past year, played six games, one catch for 22 yards on one target. And Buffalo's receiving core is not – it's Stephon Diggs and dudes. Like, it's not anything spectacular. But I know we're not talking about Jay Kumaro. I just thought that was interesting to look at the numbers and figure that out. At this point, when this news dropped on Thursday of the the Thursday before the draft, every one of us went, "Oh God, this is it!" Like, and I think last year, and we talked about it on this podcast. Last year felt like their last one, last really good punch at and chance at a Super Bowl. But now, everything is in question. Nobody knows what's going on. The organization. Packers are frustrated with him. He's frustrated with the Packers. The players are wondering, what the hell do we do? Devontae went on Colin Coward's show earlier this week and said, well, if he's not here, I'm going to have to take a longer look at my free agency decision, which is totally fair. That's his guy. And plus, he's a West Coast guy. He probably doesn't love the cold. And obviously, if he's got, you know, a C or F quarterback throwing to him, of course he's not going to want to be here. When right now he's got the best in the world, He's getting 20 targets a game. So I understand all the sides to this. But as the show's resident NBA hole, the Lakers gave Kobe a two-year deal that hamstrung them and made them just horrible for two years. They gave him two years and a bleak ton of money. They were awful. 
which is why in his last game, Kobe was able to put up 80 or 60 or whatever points it was. It was insane, but he took like 60 shots. It's because no one else was on the team because they couldn't afford to because they gave all the money to Kobe. It's the same situation here. You give Rodgers all the money, well, then what? Because then you're not going to have any money to sign dudes. And apparently he's been recruiting players to other destinations because they'll have money. Well, if you take more money from Green Bay, they're not going to be able to sign anybody. So it's tough for me because I'm conflicted, and it sounds like you two guys are too. I think a lot of the Packer fans are. Obviously, we'll back the laundry. This is a Packers podcast. This is not an Aaron Rodgers podcast. But at the same time, it's like, oh, God, we could become the Bears like that, like overnight. Because, and by the way, I'm so happy for Bears fans, as much as I despise them. Like, they finally got a quarterback and some hope. And who knows, fields might be terrible. But I just want to shout out to them because I listen to a lot of Chicago radio as a Cub fan, and they are ecstatic. And it kind of sucks because we have been there for 20-plus years now with Rodgers and Favre, and now we're putting our eggs in the Jordan Love basket, and it sounds like he sure as hell is not ready to go out there and compete. So I guess we'll leave it at we all hope he's back. I don't think anyone's disputing that. But, man, it, it really does feel like, a toxic relationship. I really feel like he's been angry for a couple of years and we all kind of knew it, but it's like, eh, they're winning. They're good. They're fun. They all seem to get along. He seems to like the new coach. I don't think the relationship with LaFleur is as hunky dory as everybody says. I, it, that just seemed not fake, but I think if they had a better relationship, this might be a little easier to mend considering the reports are that people have, including LaFleur have flown out there to try and convince him to stay. And there was the whole, he wants to fire the GM thing. This all just feels strange for, especially just for a contract. Because truthfully, Green Bay can just offer him a blank check at this point. What else does he have to prove? So I'll leave it at that. We can move on to different things and keep this show a little more light and positive because there were a lot of good things. Aaron Jones coming back. That's a good thing. Blake Bortles, it's it's depth. He's not he might not even make the team, especially if Rogers on the team. But, hey, they're being prepared. They're being smart. I like that. And let's get into the other positive thing, their draft. So we recorded a draft episode that may not ever see the light of day, but let's talk about the picks. So first round, we talked on that Zoom. We all thought it was going to be receiver, just the way things were going with Rodgers. They got to keep him happy. Turns out, nah, that ain't the case. Eric Stokes, cornerback, Georgia, athletic freak. Now that we're a couple weeks removed, Fellas, your reactions to the Eric Stokes first-round pick? Well, I have an insider uh, little scoop for you guys. I talked to my sources, and I can't I can't reveal who my sources are, but I do have a, a source very high up in the Packers organization, and they said that on the night of the draft after the Eric Stokes pick, that Josh Jackson had already cleaned out his locker. Um, so I am ecstatic about the Eric Stokes pick. Um, I think that he's going to add great depth. I think that he's going to end up before the end of the first half of the season, taking over Kevin King's role as number two opposite Jair. And I think that then having King as a number three, that won't be too bad. I mean, I, I think that it's a it's a smart pick. It's not a, a it's not the pick that fans were hoping for but 
when we're looking at what our biggest weaknesses are, they addressed one of them at that pick. And, you know, I think that it's a, I think that it was a phenomenal one. And Dustin has his mic muted because we are at the height of professionalism in the audio medium. Dustin, Eric Stokes, what you got? You're damn right. But anyways, I love the pick. I really do. I think the one thing we needed really bad, you know, obviously this past year was a, a solid number two cornerback, was able to cover any receiver that was thrown at him. And obviously, speaking of Kevin King, he is back, sadly, but he is back. Kevin King could not cover practically anyone that was thrown at him, so we were kind of put on an island where, hey, let's have a let's run cover to a man the entire game because we cannot for the life send Kevin King on an island. If Kevin King he, can't cover Scotty Miller, who the hell can he cover? That's exactly the point I'm trying to get at. We needed a number two. <laughs> so I think having an athletic freak like Eric Stokes put on any guy who we throw at him, he's tall enough to cover a guy like Mike Evans. He's fast enough to cover a guy like Scotty Miller, which not even Scotty Miller. He's really fast. He run, I think he ran like a 4-3-8, which is really – Janice, but smaller. Well, he's a lot faster, Hmm. but give him some credit where it's due. He's a pretty quick guy, nonetheless. Nothing we could fathom running, let's just say that. I couldn't fathom running a 4-3. If he was on my team, I'd probably love him, but because he's not and he's playing in Tampa, I hate him. Continue. The last last time that Dustin ran a 4-3 was when they said free donuts in the break room. Continue. (laughs) It was a 4-2, actually, but thank you. <laughs> oh, let's no, but I think... oh, go ahead. I didn't know you were right, still sorry, talking. Finishing up before I was rudely interrupted by you two. <laughs> Anyways, I think it's a fantastic pick. I know a lot of people didn't agree with it, but he's what we needed. You know, like, how can you hate on getting something what we need? Granted, yes, should we have got a receiver first round? Sure. Like, yeah, I'll agree with that. We should have maybe got a receiver. But the guy we wanted was gone. I'm pretty sure Bateman was our guy and Baltimore picked him up. And that's the way the draft rolls. And we got the next guy up. So, you know, I'm not mad about draft. I was pretty happy with it for the most part. So second rounder, we don't have to spend a ton of time on a lot of these. There's really one more guy that I really want to talk about. Uh, Josh Myers, though, second rounder out of Ohio State. Also a bit of a surprise to take a center that early. You don't necessarily see that all the time. And it kind of, it almost felt at the time, like the team that takes a kicker in like the third round, you're like, what's actually happening? What do they know? Um, but from what I understand, Josh Myers, center Ohio State, anchor of a obviously final four offensive line. He's been there. He's done that. He's got experience. And obviously he kind of feels like a Corey Lindsley clone, which if obviously you get Corey Lindsley on a rookie contract, that's pretty good. So Josh Myers, any quick thoughts on Josh Myers from either of you guys? Instant starter. He's going to start. He's going to start immediately. I mean, it's it's a like you said, if you can get a carbon copy of an already great player on a rookie deal, you go for it. And I think that he is going to thrive in our system, especially with the pieces that we have around him. It's not like he's going to have to be the stud of the offensive line. It's not like he doesn't have great minds to be able to pick. We have such great offensive line development. I really liked the pick. I thought it was phenomenal. Absolutely, I agree. Dude, the stud. He's a stud. That's plain and simple. I mean, he's going to be, like you said, the instant starter. He's going to fit our system really well. I mean, he's a big boy, too. So he's going to be able to push around wherever we need to. So, yeah, I'm excited. He definitely fits the place of Corey Lindsay that we're going to be missing. So that's really all I got to say about him. He's a freaking stud. 
And that's not the one I'm excited about. The next one. My man, my guy, Amari Rogers, receiver, Clemson. I literally, they were 10 picks away. I'm like, I'm going to take a shower quick. I'll be right back. I'll see who they pick at whatever, 92 or whatever it was. I got out of the shower and Chef tweeted that they took Rogers. I thought it was fake. I rewound on my DV, but I was so thrilled. Still am. I'm buzzing. I don't love that he's wearing the number eight, but that's besides the point. Amari Rogers. They were thinking about taking this guy at 62. They get him in the third round. Awesome value. Love the pick. I love him. I think he's better than Randall Cobb, but that's the comparison everyone keeps throwing out there, which obviously Randall Cobb was very good for a very long time. So if you can end up with Randall Cobb, that's awesome. But I think he's more athletic. I think he's faster. I don't know about his hands. I didn't watch a lot of college football, but obviously love the pick. Dustin, I'll start with you. I mean, you talked about Josh Myers being a neat slot speed guy who can kick return and punt return in the words of that song. And I don't know the band. I get you just what I need it. Yeah, you're right. You know, and I, I mean, the thing I'm most excited for is to have a freaking kick and punt return and not drop every ball. Oh my gosh. Can we just talk? horrendous that was last year to watch our kick returners run how dare oh you slander so the legend of Tavon Austin I'm sorry <laughs> the dude needs to retire the dude needs to retire he worked out I with can't the believe side note I don't want to get too far sidetracked but he did have a workout with the Giants today <laughs> man he's got to hang it up I can't believe that we brought him in and we thought that it was going to fix our special teams hole that's been sitting there since Cobbler like our special teams has been the laughing stock of the NFL for like three years. And we bring in 20 or we bring in 95 year old Tavon Austin to fill the gap. Oh my goodness. Go ahead, Dusty. <laughs> no, but yeah, going back to Martin Rogers, you're right. You know, he brings that versatility to the slot receiver again and just what we needed. And I think he's going to fit our role really well. And I think he's going to be a Packer favorite. I really do. Yeah, he really could be the steal of the draft, honestly. I mean, the fact that we were going to take him in the second round and somehow he's still around in the third round, I mean, really, really great pick. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what he does this year. Hopefully he has some instant star uh, some instant star power to help to jumpstart that offense a little bit more. Side note, back to Tavon Austin. Uh, we joke about how old he is. He was a rookie in 2013. He's only 30 years old. That's oh, wow. That is nuts. He's only been in the league for eight years. He's played eight seasons. That's insane. Man, if, it feels like he's one of the originals. Like, it, it honestly feels like he played in, like, the Bart Starr era at this point. <laughs> it does feel like he's been around forever. But, yeah, I'm looking at it now, he played for the L.A. slash St. Louis Rams for five years, two years in Dallas, and then last year with Green Bay. So, that that blows my mind. Uh, we'll quick get to the rest of the draft here. We don't have to spend a ton of time, but they get Royce Newman, offensive lineman from Ole Miss in the fourth. T.J. Slayton, defensive tackle, Florida State in the or I'm sorry, Florida in the fifth. They also get Shamar Gene Charles from Appalachian State, a cornerback. Hometown kid Cole Van Lannon comes to Green Bay in the sixth. Isaiah McDuffie, linebacker from Boston College in the sixth, and Kylan Hill seventh round running back out of Mississippi state. Any of those guys intrigue you at all? For me, I like Kylan Hill. I think he could be like a Tyler Irvin type. I don't really know much about him, but from what I understand, 
fast is probably going to third string running back, but might do the end around sweeps, the stuff that Tyler Irvin and Tavon Austin were doing last year. Um, that one intrigues me. I like Isaiah McDuffie from just the little clips on YouTube I've seen. I think I like our linebackers as is, but I don't love them. This is just a nice insurance policy, I think. And then obviously offensive linemen, you can never have too many. Slayton, big body, stuff to run, cool. Gene Charles is going to be that third safety type. Cool with that. And obviously, who doesn't love a hometown story with Cole Van Landen? But who do you guys, out of this group, anyone intrigue you guys? Uh, I've heard a lot of good things about that kid out of Appalachian State. I'm, I'm excited to see if he sees the field at all this year. Um, you know, if he, if he does, and I'd love to see what kind of production he's going to get out of his career. But a lot of people have been talking really, really highly of him. So I'm excited to see how that all turns out, but I don't know much about him. Dusty, what do you, what's your favorite? I mean, do you heard anything about that kid from Appalachian State? Uh, I heard a little bit about him. I heard he was like, I don't remember what I saw. It was like 13 or 12th best corner in the college, like kind of pro-rated, which we kind of we talked about a little bit. That usually doesn't mean a whole lot. It, it doesn't really touch on a lot of things. It's based off like pass deflections and how many call balls. I don't know that. So that I don't know a whole lot about, but I like our fourth and fifth round picks with Newman and Slayton. I think those two are really good pickups, solid, solid depth pickups. Newman, I actually heard TJ Lang talking highly of this guy, saying he was a legit stud, and once he gets a couple of years in that, he's going to be a really, really good guard. I heard it just pretty much it comes down to him getting down the systems, and I think from there he said that he'll be he'll be an all-star player. All right. Oh, go ahead. What a, what a wonderful guy TJ Lang is, by the way. I mean, he played most of his career with the pack, then he goes off and plays with the Lions. And now all he does is sit on Twitter and talk about how great the Packers are. I love that. And, you know, we got to meet him too, Dusty. Remember that? That was pretty cool. Dude's huge. He is massive. Like he's when mom. we talk about these guys, like, you know, and like if we see him on TV, we're like, oh, these guys aren't, these are guys aren't that big. They're massive. Like their hands make your hands look like little tiny kid hands. Like I wish I could describe <laughs> that. All professional athletes seem to have giant hands. I don't know if it's just like a prerequisite, but I'll be short with this story. My buddy's got me an autographed ball from Starling Castro because a friend of mine's uncle was the pitching coach for the Cubs in 2015 through 2017. They said they met Starling Castro, and his hands, when they shook his hand, his middle finger went all the way up to the middle of his forearm. Like, I think it's just these athletes just must have to have big hands. If you're going to make it, you have to have giant hands. But with that said, we're going to take a small break here because our Zoom time is almost up, as you Zoomers probably know. We're going to take a small break, but when we come back, oh, do we have something spicy for you? We'll take a break. We will be right back with more on the Lockdown Corner. We're back. So we have a new segment for you guys. It is called Takeoff. We, every week going forward, each of us will give one take that we believe to be the hottest in the land. We will compete against each other trying to one-up our hot takes. At the end of each one's hot take, they will explain it, and then the other two guys will have to say whether they take it, meaning, yeah, this could be legit. 
or leave it saying, you're out of your mind. Get the hell out of here. Everyone understand the rules. Then it is time to take off. He had the craziest look in his eyes. And at one point he said, let's get it on. That, 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 that is blasphemous. Because this guy is a hazard. Are you out of your mind? Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Are you ready for a showdown? Because it's time for the takeoff. You're joking me? We're going to be spicy, no? All right. Dustin came up with this segment. I will let him go first. He also claims that he will be the winner of this week's hottest take. Let the takeoff begin. Dustin, where do you start the bidding? You know it. I'm going to win this segment. Okay, my hot take. In my opinion, I think that Mac Jones will have the most successful career out of all the quarterbacks in the draft. Because, because of the Belichick system. In my opinion, I think that he was not, I wouldn't say the most talented. I think Trevor Lawrence is the most talented. But I think with the system that Belichick put around him and the Obviously, all the weapons that he can put around him, I think he'll have the most successful career. While, you know, we look at Trevor Lawrence, well, Jacksonville just a kind of a dumpster fire just every season in and out. Like, they just can't seem to get consistent, especially stay consistent. That's my problem with Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville is he's always, like, Jacksonville's always so inconsistent. They'll have one good season after that, very relevant for the next five years. Justin Fields is the most controversial because people think, in my opinion, I think he's going to be horrible. I don't, I don't really think he's going to be that good. I think he's going to be mediocre at best. He's going to be the next Mr. Trubisky. I mean, the dude just hasn't had to read an elite offense to where he's going to have to understand of everything. And especially in Ohio State, they don't run an offense where you have to read defenses every play. It's just not how it works. And in the NFL, you have to read defense every play. So I think he's going to have that step where I think Mac Jones – I think he's the smartest quarterback in the draft. Well, he's going to be able to read the, read the defense, know what's going on, make adjustments pre-snap. So that's why I think Mac Jones can have the most successful career out of the draft. I'm going to add something to this game that we're kind of making up on the fly. I'm going to put in a rating system, one to five, because truthfully, that was about a three. I hear I was ready to get my eyebrows singed. I kind of agree with you. I mean, all the organizations you just named, Jacksonville, the Jets, like none of these guys are going to winners. Mac Jones is, and the only reason they're in, they were in that position is because they had Cam Newton, who sucked. Like, I don't totally think that's hot a hot take. I kind of agree with you. All the other organizations are terrible, just historically. The Bears have an outside shot. I'm more of an on fields than you are. But if I had to rate that, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to rate it about a three because I don't think it's that crazy of a take, Alec. It's not that yeah. bad. No, I, I agree with Alex 100% here. Dustin was talking a lot of sauce going into this. Absolutely. I'm not talking I'm not talking like ketchup sauce. I'm talking like buffalo sauce. Like this was some hot sauce he was throwing at us. And realistically, yeah, that's like a, that's like a 2.5. Like it's just a lukewarm take. And I take it. I mean, I don't know. I mean. I, I agree with it as well. I think that Mac Jones is definitely going to thrive in the system. Um, I'm not a big Trevor Lawrence guy. Everybody thinks that he's going to be the best 
I, I really don't think that he's that good. Um, I think that he was in a system where he had a lot of great players around him and he thrived in the college, but now he's, now he's in Jacksonville and yeah, I think he's going to kind of fall off. Um, I, I think that Justin Fields definitely has a really high ceiling, um, but I think he has a really low floor as well. So that's kind of a high risk, high reward, but yeah, I think I'd take that. I'll take it. I'm going to say, yeah, I agree with you, Dusty, on that one. So I'm going to take the averages of um, – and again, to the people listening, we're making this up as we go. I'm going to take the average score. So, Dustin, your hot take out of five, 2.75. Not a terrible start, but the way you were talking, I was ready to have my face melted. And you can give me all the birds you want. You can flip me all the fingers you want. I, we both kind of agree with you. Mm-hmm. What is Jacksonville? What is Jacksonville? The Jets? The Bears? What have any of them done? Nothing. So you can keep flipping me to bird, but we both agree with you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Alec, your take in this week's takeoff. All righty. My take in this week's takeoff is that the Washington racial slurs are going to win their division this year and they're going to the playoffs. And I think they might even win a playoff game this year. I have their record going at 11-6, and and I think that they're making the playoffs and maybe winning a playoff game. Behind the arm of Taylor Heineke, who we have seen one game of, I am all in on Heineke, okay? I am all in on him. I hope that I'm right. If I'm wrong, I'll eat my words. But after that one game, that one game of footage, he went toe-to-toe with the Giant, man. He went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady, almost bounced those bucks out of the playoff. Hey, I don't know. I got I got the Washington football team this year. He's slinging the rock to Terry McLaren. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, Here's the deal. I don't – the Tampa game, they could have won that game. You can make a case. A couple things happen, and Tampa's out. And Green Bay's probably in the Super Bowl. You can make that argument. Do they win their division? For me, it all comes down to Dak Prescott. If Dak is at least like 75% healthy, Dallas is almost too good. But, I mean, again, what has Dallas ever done? As we are talking about all these other bad organizations, what has Dallas done? But the Eagles, they're – no. Giants, get out of here. I, it, to me, Cowboys versus the racial slurs – the football club or however they're calling themselves these days. I don't think that's a crazy take. I'm going to give that a three, two because, or a three also just because I don't think it's that crazy because all the injuries and the other teams suck. So I'll give it a three and I'll take it. I'll lean, take it because I do, I do see a world where that happens. Listen, I'm saying that they're going to beat Dak Prescott regardless if he's 75%, 50%, 100%. I think that Taylor Heineke is going to beat out Prescott. I think he's going to have better stats for the whole season than Prescott. Uh, I'm all in on this Heineke, dude. He's a top okay. five talent. That's different. I thought your take was that the Redskins win the division, not Heineke is going to outdo Dak Prescott. If that's the case, this is a four and a half, and, you know, this is madness. No, you can't change your rating. Three. Go ahead, Dustin. Fine, three. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's madness, Alec. You think this Taylor Heineke's played one professional game, and like he is the greatest. He is the almighty Lord. I mean, well, okay. I don't understand this game. I don't disagree with you. I really don't. I I think you're you have a good point. I mean, the Redskins defense is very, very good. I mean, that that alone could carry them to eight, nine wins, but I mean, all comes down their offense besides that, which if Heineke is a starter because they picked up Brian Fitzpatrick, I don't, I'm not sure. I really don't know what their situation is going to be. I'm, I'll leave it. I don't, I don't see it. I think they're going to start Fitzpatrick and I think I don't, they might win the division, but I don't, I don't know. It's going to be really close. I don't think they get 11 wins though. I don't think they do. Maybe 10. I'll say 10 at best. So, can, I just want to clarify. What is your actual take? Is it that the Redskins win the NFC East? Or, I'm sorry, the racial slurs or the football club, whatever they're called now. You racist. Yeah, I feel terrible. I'll bleep that out. But, uh, so, is it that they win the division? Or Taylor Heineke's the starter and they go to the playoffs? What's your actual take? Yes. <laughs> I knew okay, right great. Great. I knew three, it. three it is. Dustin, who's your rating? Just for the amount of stupidity I've heard of Alec today, I'm going to give him a point five. Oh, boy. Yeah. We're, <laughs> okay. We're going to have words after this, Dustin. <laughs> well, if we do the math. Uh, okay. Well, after what you just spit out, I don't know if you can make out a sentence anymore. <laughs> I, this thing is off the rails, which is kind of how we like it. So, all right, Alec, your score for this week is a 1.75 in the takeoff. All right, I misunderstood what you guys said. I did not realize this was all of football. So mine is very Packer-focused. That's fine. And my take, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't feel great about this one. But my hot take that is so spicy is that Amari Rodgers will be the Packers' number two receiver no matter who the quarterback is. If it's Love, doesn't matter. If it's Bortles, don't care. If it's Rodgers, great. I think Amari Rodgers is the number two receiver. Lazard, get out of here. MVS, no thanks. EQ, nah. I think Amari Rodgers, number two, lock it in. I agree. I agree 150%. I think no matter what, I think he's going to be number two. Because who do we trust? MVS drops practically every ball he that's thrown his way. Lazard, yeah, but just too slow. I think I think Rogers has the surest hands. I think he has the most athletic talent. I think he's gonna be a reliable target. I think you're right. I'll take it and I'll give you I'll give you a three on that one. I'll give you a three. Wow, okay. I think, I think you guys are both mad. I think that you guys don't have I think that you guys just threw your logic out the window or you forgot about a young man named Devin Funches, who's going to be coming back this season. He's going to have a heck of a year. He's going to be out there balling out. I honestly believe that he's going to be a thousand yard reset or a thousand yard receiver this year. What? Yes. Devin. Now, if you would have used that take, you probably would have scored higher than a one seven. I would have given you a 
five on that one instead of leave it. Here's a thousand yards for Devin Funches, the man who has hit and played in like a freaking year and a half. Here's mm-hmm. I got another hot take here. This isn't a part of the game. I should save this for next week if I was smart, but I'm gonna say it right now, right here. Devin Funches is cut. He is a preseason cut. I do not see him on this team. That, my friend, may be the dumbest thing I've heard you say. No. (laughs) No. You're telling me there's no world where they're like, you know what? We like our crew. We got Adams, MBS, Lazard, Rogers. You're telling me that there's no shot that Funches is on this team. They're not like, "Mm, he hasn't played in the year. He's pretty rusty. We like our group. That was the number one offense last year. You're telling me there's no scenario that they're like, Funches hit the road. No, no, he's going to play. He's going to play. I'm tell- He's going to play. He's going to do great. We're going to hit him with a big extension. And, uh, yeah, he's going to be our number one after this year. And Devontae Adams is going to be playing out in, uh, out in San Francisco. But, anyway, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I leave that. I leave that. I think it is a hot take, though. I'll give you a four on it. Um, oh my but, god but ladies yeah, I, and gentlemen your winner in this week's takeoff yours truly let's go 3.5 i will take the belt this week in our takeoff and that almost does it for the show but almost because it's time for everyone's favorite segment random <coughs> packer of the week alec who is it my random packer of the week is one of my all-time favorites. I'm kidding. But I did enjoy watching him play because he had a really great pencil-thin mustache. Um, I'm going with Seneca Wallace, the backup quarterback that took over when Rodgers broke his collarbone. Um, and immediately threw two interceptions. Yeah, guy, guy stunk. He stunk, but his pencil-thin mustache gave me hope. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going Seneca. Lovely, lovely. My random Packer of the week is Sterling Sharp. Yes, not so much random, but I think a lot of people forgot him over time because, you know, he had that injury early in his career, or not injury, I should say, but kind of rather odd scenario where his neck was starting to kind of unfuse, so they had to fuse it, and it was career-ending surgery nonetheless. But I think it was a pretty random, forgotten about, really great receiver, arguably Hall of Fame caliber receiver if he did not get injured. Not bad selections. However, they're not as random as mine. I don't have a lot of confidence. I'm not a confident person, but here we are. I'm confident that this is the most random packer of the week. Rich Moran, guard, drafted in 1985. That is all that I know about him. Who? <laughs> exactly. I have no idea who this person is. I went through my card collection, and one of the first ones that popped up was Rich Moran, guard, drafted in 85 by... Your hometown Green Bay Packers. All right, that'll do it. I'm this week's takeoff champ. Aaron Rodgers is probably leaving, and we're all in denial. And uh, I think that just about does it for this week. So if you like the show, you want more of us, you can follow us at, on the old Twitter at Corner Lockdown. You can also follow us on Facebook. You can email us at lockdowncornerpodcast at gmail.com. Or, you know, you could just listen to our podcast over and over again and then rate, subscribe, review, and then unsubscribe and then resubscribe and then rate and review. You can do all of that. That would be appreciated as well. 
But in the meantime, we'll see you next week. We'll have another takeoff. We'll update you on any Aaron Rodgers info that comes through the pipeline. If there's any other signings such as the impactful Blake Bortles signing of this past week, we'll obviously talk about that. We'll talk more about the draft class, how they fit in, what we kind of expect going forward. And obviously, we're in May, fellas. Training camp, only a couple months away. Schedule dropped last night. Yeah, juices are flowing, so we shall see. Next week, we'll probably talk more about the schedule. But glad to be back with you all. And we will see you next week as we talk more Packer football. But until then, be safe, be kind to others, and as always, Go Pack Go!